Welcome to the Maria Heller Show, on the net since 2000 and still going strong. If you feel like you're not getting the real news, if you feel like you're not connected spiritually, you have found your home. Maria covers a wide range of topics as only a snarky New Yorker can. Straight up, no chaser. No censorship, no corporate sponsors, thus true freedom of speech. Your subscription gives you unlimited access as a member of the smartest audience on earth. Relax and enjoy the education. Now here's Maria. Good morning world, Maria here alive and kicking. Welcome to Hell and High Water with myself and another crazy Italian, Chuck Ocelli. If you're not familiar with Chuck's work, get over to Ocelli.com and absolutely support his work. Neither one of us are uh, getting paid by the federal government, the FBI, alphabet agencies, the, uh, the other side, the religious right, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, good morning, Chuck. No, only listener support. Good morning, Mom. Uh, uh, you know, it, crazy Italian. Is that redundant? I think it's redundant. I don't know. I mean, it, it seems like it is. I mean, I'm not trying to criticize you. I'm just saying that for anybody who thinks of that sentence, I mean, if you said it, it makes sense because it's you. But <laughs> the thing is, uh, if somebody else wants to call uh, Italian people a bit odd or crazy, uh, again, did you just say Italian, Italian? I think you did. Uh, anyway, it is what it is, and what a strange world we're in, right? We live in a crazy world. You know, last night I was uh, surfing YouTube. It's one of my it's one of my passions. And I came across some old uh, George Carlin stuff that either I hadn't heard or it's been so long that I forgot. And he had a, a bit that he did in 1988. Uh, and I posted it. I posted it on Facebook. And I said, everybody should take the time to listen to every single minute of what he had to say. I'm just trying to find it. If for people that want to watch it, go to YouTube, and it's George Carlin, The Truth About Republicans. Now, this was, I believe, 1988, where he exposed almost 200 members of Ronald Reagan's cabinet that were charged with crimes after Reagan was out of office. And I immediately made that connection to Trump's administration, and now we're slowly seeing, oh, they're looking at Elaine Chow, they're looking at Betsy DeVos, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and if they did it then, they need to do it now. Uh, but the rest of his uh, stuff, and he had another one on fascism in America, which was also great. He was being interviewed, I forget who the hell it was, maybe David Susskind, who knows. Uh, but he said some things that were so how could we say, deep, that I kept thinking about it even this morning when I woke up. And as you may or may not know, you know, I did stand-up comedy for a while, and I understand it, uh, and I understand, you know, where your source has to come from and how you have put things together. But when they asked him, you know, and remember the FBI had a file on George Carlin. They watched him like a hawk. Uh, one thing that he said is the way that he can cover both sides of politics, because you know he had no use for politicians, he had no use for our fake electoral system or any of it. Uh, he knew that, you know, whoever's sitting in the office isn't really who's controlling the country. Uh, you know, he mentioned the Koch brothers, I mean, he went off, but he said the way he did it, 
is he just separates himself from the world and he looks at it uh, from a distance as, as entertainment. He says, but in the meantime, and this was the thing I thought about, because I thought he said it really well. He said, meanwhile, the human race is circling the drain. And I said, that is such a good uh, analogy. So while we're circling the drain, ready to be flushed, uh, nobody's paying real attention to what's going on. Uh, And, you know, I don't think there'll ever be anybody like George Carlin. I used to aspire to be like George Carlin. Sometimes (laughs) he comes through on my news shows when I'm cracking my sarcastic remarks. Uh, But you know what? The guy spoke truth. And when he talked about the pro-life party, that is classic. You know, he says they're pro-life, but they're, you know, for the death penalty. They're for war. They're for starving children. Uh, And he showed the hypocrisy and ridiculousness that we live under. Uh, so, you know, for young people listening to this show, if you've never heard of George Carlin, and I was lucky to see him in person a few times, uh, absolutely, you know, find his work on YouTube and enjoy yourself. And he gave you a better education than you're going to get in school. No, absolutely. Look, I enjoyed him. I only saw him uh, uh, the one time. I mean, I saw him on video many, many, many times. Every time a new special came out, I definitely, even as a kid, I used to love to pick up on them uh, as soon as they came out. Uh, I had George Carlin records, you know, all mm-hmm. that. Um, and it, it was amazing to me that, that he would boil things down sometimes to, uh, I, there's a clip I play sometimes during my breaks about, uh, you know, what, what do you expect? Garbage in, garbage out. This is what you, you get. Mm-hmm. This is the best we can do in America with politicians, right? Right. Uh, I... I what, 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 what can I do? You can't argue with them. I, I remember that piece about the uh, the pro-life party who's for death squads, who's for, right. uh, you know, the death penalty, who's for, you know, all these other things. And it's like so much death. I mean, how much of a life party is it? Not exactly. Um, you know, and, and uh, of course, I'm not doing it any justice here by recounting it. But of course, it all sticks with me. Right. Um, and it, it it's... There, there has to be something, you know, there's one thing where you just tell jokes which are somewhat uncomfortable, somewhat outlandish, and you get people to laugh because they're uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And then there's another thing which is separate, really. Right. Where you're telling the truth, but you're doing it with such an attitude that causes people to have to laugh. Mm-hmm. And again, it's another uncomfortable, you see, that's the thing. Comedy is about discomfort, right. <laughs> in my mind. And you know, Carlin would work on these things methodically over time, and and create these flows, where you know, I mean, there, there's the silliness of his baseball and football analogies and all that. Right. But when you look at the stuff where he talked about what was actually happening on the planet and what still right. remains true today, it's uh, it's about that discomfort, and you should be uncomfortable. Uh-huh. You have to laugh at it. All right. I mean, you, you know, look, forget about yours and my or anybody's view on aliens, right? Uh-huh. Forget about what we think about what's going on or what we know about what's going on. Imagine this for a moment. If you were an alien and you're just, you know, cruising the universe and you come by this planet, right? <laughs> right? And you get, you know, okay, let's translate all of what they're doing and saying, let's take a look at this. And you look at what's going on. Would you bother to stop? <laughs> 
Hell no, I would because, say. It's the Jerry Springer planet of the universe. Well, but, but the thing is, you might watch it from a distance. I mean, mm. that's the only objection I have to a lot of people who say, you know, there's aliens everywhere, is that, for the most part, a lot of them would not bother to engage. Because, you know, how, how many people want to walk into the insane asylum? Exactly. Well, I keep saying, if they did a drive-by every hundred years to see if we've stopped killing ourselves or evolved... They would say, yeah, maybe we'll try again in another hundred years. Uh, well, maybe so. we could do a leap jump and uh, come back in two, because <laughs> you guys are not getting it. All right. So, All right. Just take a look at the, the honest distribution on the planet. A lot of people talk about overpopulation. But the reality is it's not overpopulation. It's the controlled scarcity on the planet that is the issue. I mean, frankly... If we wanted to feed everybody on the planet, the planet will, will do it. If we wanted to make everything sensible and work along with the environment, we could do it. Right. If we wanted to stop killing each other, well, gee, we could do that too. Right. And we could stop, you know, the unnecessary destruction of everything on this planet mm -hmm. if we thought about it, you know, objectively. Okay. It, nobody actually has to starve. That's the amazing thing, is that really the planet will provide. And I know there's a limitation there, but we haven't even reached it. There's a whole lot of land not even occupied all over the place. I know, you know, people talk about the Agenda 21, 20, you know, and all that. It, let's objectively, scientifically think about it. Well, I think we it was... the land properly. Right. It well, but we don't. Issue. But we don't. We overfish the oceans, you know. We're killing off all life on Earth, mowing down the uh, Amazon rainforest. Uh, and we're going to pay the price. You know, here you got to look at uh, the sperm count dropping worldwide. And even though we've had this pandemic where everybody's been locked in their houses with their spouses for you know, a year, they said there'll be at least 300,000 less births this year. Nobody's having babies. Uh, so maybe this is the human circling the drain, as George Carlin would say. Well, it's at the very least a check, you know, where, uh, quite honestly, eventually, and that's the other thing about overpopulation, is eventually it'll sort itself out, because all of a sudden we're not going to be able to breed, we're not going to be interested in breeding, and oh, by the way, it's not like uh, the biochemical providers on the planet have not figured out a way to make that happen, too. I mean, we could sit here and talk about BPA and all that, but quite honestly, I'd rather examine some of the clown shows, because... <laughs> There are, there are way more clowns than we need on the planet. And mm. speaking of Italians and clowns... <laughs> I already know <laughs> where you're going. going. I already know where you're going. <laughs> okay. Objectively, again, I, I so wish that there were Italians out there that were prominent in the media and in politics right now that I could feel good about, but there aren't. Um, and Governor Cuomo up there... All right. Couple of things. Oh. <laughs> All right, just real fast, and I want to get your take on this because I really was trying not to focus on it, hoping that. Yeah, but I mean, they're it. shoving it down our throats now, twenty-four-seven. Yeah, so there's no way to avoid it. I, mean, uh, I know. Alternative news site that they're talking about it, so forget. I, it. I know. I made a comment on social media and got crucified. So. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> you know, and, and that's the thing about this is that. Isn't it fascinating that realistically, if you take away the name and you take away the D in front of his name, 
it's really not much different than what uh, some Republican uh, callous politicians do, because guess what? They're part of a singular class which believes, uh, not, not because they vehemently believe this, but just matter-of-factly understand that they have different rules for themselves. So when I take a look at the picture of him grabbing somebody's face at a wedding, right. I say, yeah, he's Italian. All right. So that's just going to happen. All um, right. And uh, non-Italian listeners might not know this, but yeah, if you go to a wedding right. and there's alcohol served, uh, I promise you somebody will grab your face. Are you kidding? That's that a way. gesture of affection. I can't tell you how many times I have my face pinched uh, by relatives, whatever, or grabbed like that. But what's interesting is when they showed the picture of the supposedly terrified girl that he was grabbing her face. They didn't show a picture of her, you know, a few minutes earlier, all beaming and smiling next to him, too. So now I got to look at this and say, all right, is it a setup? Is it because they want him out because he's against, uh, was against Trump? Uh, it did, why does it take one woman from the year 2000 to say, I didn't like the way he hugged me, you know, 20 years ago? Um, uh, or, you know, listen, he's an old school Italian, okay, and he's single. Let's not leave that out. Uh, people don't understand, I don't think, how touchy-feely Italians are. We're born this way, okay? I don't know about you, but I had my cheeks grabbed so much by my parents, my grandparents, whatever. It's a wonder I don't have a hole in my face. You know, I, my friends that know me know that I'm a hug slut. When I sign off an email, I sign off hugs, Okay. Um, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I can understand that to some people, especially Anglo-Saxons, that's very uh, far from their reality because their parents showed them no affection. Uh, even my, you know, friends that have money that are, you know, Anglo-Saxons, uh, they never had any conversations with their parents, let alone physical or emotional support. Uh, so they, you know, they find us to be, you know, very loud. They find us to be very touchy-feely. Uh, you know, nobody comes in my house where I don't give them a hug, you know, and it's a body hug. It's not, you know, half, half-ass half hug. Um, what I'm also thinking, going back to overpopulation, is they are going to create, and maybe this is deliberate, Chuck, such a, uh, uh, a, a split between men and women that men are going to be afraid to approach women on any level and women are going to be afraid to approach a man on any level. And maybe this is part of the isolation that they started where people are so isolated because of internet, cell phones, texting, and all that. Uh, but it's almost like they deliberately want to make people so paranoid that you can't tell the difference between flirting, being assaulted, being raped, Okay, and, you know, you've got that rising star in the Republican Party, Matthew, whatever the hell his last name is, in the wheelchair. Why aren't they covering him and his assaults or Ronnie Jackson's assaults on women, real assaults, uh, the same way they're covering Cuomo? So, and listen, I'm not saying Cuomo's a saint. I'm not saying what he did with the nursing home's deaths was, you know, was right. But six other governors did the same thing. Nobody's talking about Ron DeSantis doing the same thing in Florida. Uh, so this is, you know, the cancel culture seems to be cancel anybody that's not a member of the GOP. Well, see, there's that. But on the other hand, I got to be balanced about my, uh, my, my negative views here. 
Okay. And here's the thing. Cuomo is an elitist. He is not any less an elitist than the people are on the GOP side who feel as though, you know what, really, these rules don't apply to me. So, I got to be honest with you that although I'm willing to defend that picture at a wedding, which to me is something that, you know, was sitting there probably for a long time before anybody bothered to pay attention to it. And the fact that there may be other things going on here, I I don't discount that. I agree. The rules should apply to everybody. But when, and I said it, you know, for the past four years, Chuck, no rule applied to Donald Trump, who's been credibly accused of rape of, you know, more than a dozen women, let alone, I'm sure, children. Uh, They let him get away with everything. So he set the bar so low, you got to look up to see down. And as long as they let him get away with rape, which now Gene Carroll's case can go forward in court because he's no longer president, uh, how can they say, you know, Cuomo, uh, Franken, uh, Matthews, you know, uh, Ronnie Jackson, all the rest of them, uh, when the rules don't apply to everybody, the rule, then what's the point in having the rule? Well, see, but that's the thing, is that it either goes across the board or it doesn't. Okay, that, that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. But realistically, we know that there is no such thing as equal justice. We know there is of no course. such thing as equal penalties for anybody professionally. We know that if you're, you know, among the other class there, uh, they have different rules. So well, of course. the idea that this is now, I'll tell you, the, the, the timing is suspicious. Yes. And the idea that... Uh, you know, the whole separate uh, issue with, with the death in the nursing homes is really repulsive, if true. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but again, across the board, either it counts for everybody or it counts for nobody, in my mind, but here we are. Now, i got to say that the rollout of these things against Cuomo seems well-coordinated. Right. It looks and, that way. You know, and, and would have never came up had he not done something. Right. And was it just that he opposed Trump, or was it that he did something else that the system didn't appreciate? I mean, the stories of this guy being a bully and everything else are also true. Uh, you know, best I can I can uh, uh, glean from the situation. I've been there for years. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not even talking about the one state house representative that says he has a grudge against him, which he might. Uh, but I mean, just overall. Yeah, but remember, just a few months ago. He and his brother, because of the way he handled COVID with his pressers every day, etc., were rated the two most eligible men that women were going crazy over, both of them, making all kinds of propositions to them and whatnot. And then all of a sudden, Pavlov's bell gets rung and everybody flips. Uh, So it's just, listen, we live in the most interesting, crazy times. But my answer to all of this with Cuomo, because I don't see it as... uh, the number one story that should be 24 hours a day on TV, yet it is, uh, is let the investigation happen. You know, Al Franken asked for investigation. He didn't get one. You know, Kirstie Gillibrand was way too happy to kick Al Franken, who was a fairly decent congressman, out because of a skit he did on Saturday Night Live, you know, how many years before. Uh, And he didn't get his say in court. Uh, so I say, you know, let's see what the investigation shakes out. I'm no, I'm not either way on that. Okay. But having been a woman who worked in Manhattan, you know, for 25 years, I can tell you that when I read some of these complaints, 
it stuns me because the things that I had to endure were a thousand times worse than a handshake, yeah. a kiss on the hand, a, a long hug, uh, being asked if I want to play strip poker. Uh, and I'm thinking to myself, it was like uh, it, there wasn't a day you didn't get felt up. Whether it was, you know, somebody pressing their heart on against you on the subway or your boss grabbing your hand and putting it on his heart on or a co-worker trying to molest you every time the boss was out of the office, you know, having to run back and forth to work from the subway so you wouldn't get accosted. Uh, to me, that's, that was harassment. It was beyond harassment. A lot of it was truly sexual abuse. And, you know, I'm, I'm just looking at it and saying, how do you know anymore today if somebody who's single is flirting with you at a wedding or being a pig. See, it's a confusing landscape, isn't it? Well, and I but, think it's deliberate. Well, no, absolutely. But I mean, as uh, and, and, and here we go. As a man, I got to be honest with you. I look at this and I say, I don't know how it is you conduct yourself anymore. You know, I, I'm really, right. I don't. I know. A lot of things that were considered at one time to be, uh, you know, look, this is, my, you know, yeah, you were making a move or whatever, but uh, just by asking a question, you know, you got told no. That was that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you ask somebody out on a date because you, you do actually think they're attractive or you think whatever, uh, you could now be almost criminalized for doing so. And not not saying that anybody deserves to be accosted. I'm not talking about accosting somebody, but right. in some cases I'm seeing, you know, well, simply because you were uh, angry at somebody and made a comment, well, that has to do with the fact that they're a woman, and I look for the context mm. of where it's particular to them being a woman, and I don't get it. But see, this is uh, my point. You don't know how to react as a man now. You don't know how to conduct yourself to a woman. Women now don't know what is normal, what's abnormal. It's kind of like, you know, uh, parents, you know, uh, with their children. You know, they don't understand what's normal behavior at a certain age for a kid and what's abnormal behavior. So now they've taken the American man who they've already slashed their masculinity almost down to nothing and now put you in a state of constant paranoia. Uh, and on the other hand, they've put women even in a more uh, state of fear than they normally would be. You know, I have to tell you, maybe because I was Italian and, you know, I was a street kid, when I was accosted on the job, I would just smack them right across the face because I knew when I told my boss he wasn't going to do anything about it. I and mean, of course, he did nothing about it. Uh, but, you know, I can remember, you know, just even sitting in a bar and having some man come up and try to literally bite me on my breast. I mean, what kind of crazy shit was that? But, you know, my first reaction was I just turned around so quick and just, I laid him out. I mean, I punched him so hard across the face, he hit the floor. Uh, so, you know, to me, you know, yeah, there's a difference between, oh, that made me feel uncomfortable, or you said something that made me feel uncomfortable, uh, to literally getting attacked, okay? And it's a very dangerous world to be a woman in. It's 10 times more dangerous to be a black woman. Uh, well, yeah. But what are they really trying to do here? Okay, I mean, it just looks to me like, like it's all orchestrated. 
They want to, they even want, not only do they want a race war, they want a war between men and women. Uh, and you got to look at that and say, what the hell? What's going on here? No, I, I absolutely agree with you. It's just, when, when, we, when we look at this, and it's funny that what, what sparks this conversation is this thing again with, with Cuomo, which, again, I, 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 I settle on, on the side of actually believing that in some part this stuff is probably true. Probably. Um, you know, but like you said, an investigation would be nice. Al Franken didn't get one. Right. Um, and let's face I it, let's look at the real disgusting Italian, Rudy Giuliani. How come they didn't go crazy like this over, you know, over him marrying his cousin, over the fact that, you know, he was, you know, unzipping his pants in that Borat movie, which basically Borat complimented him because he ended up winning an award for the movie. Uh, how come they didn't go crazy like that over Giuliani? Because <laughs> well, he's connected, because he was connected to Trump, because maybe he was looking for votes. I mean, what was he doing digging in his pants? Okay. So I, I, think, I think the only real popular uh, Italian in politics ever uh, was Mayo, uh, Mayo LaGuardia in New York all those years ago. I mean, he was as popular as Al Capone. Uh, but, you know, listen, <clears throat> it's just crazy. You know, listen, you know that you know, I'm no spring chicken. But I still have men saying and trying, you know, saying inappropriate things to me. But you know what? I'm not going to go to the police over it. I just tell them off right to their face. I'm not going to wait 20 years, you know. I told one guy who was putting the moves on me at the gym, you know, and he just wouldn't stop. And I said, aren't you fucking engaged? Pardon my language. And he said, yeah. He says, but I still want you. And I said to him, well, how's it feel to want? I said, I'm not interested. You know, and I said that loud, and you know how loud I am, Chuck. I said that loud enough where everybody in the gym turned around. And that was that. Uh, so, you know, parents need to teach their daughters to fight back, okay? Not to sit back and take that crap. You know, yesterday I had a news story that in Texas, one school in Texas is teaching women in a class, girls, how they should obey boys as long as what they're asking them to do is reasonable. Yeah. I mean, you can't make this stuff up, okay? And that when they're out on the campus, they shouldn't uh, show any superiority intellectually to the, to the men. Wow. All right, this is 20, that's Texas, 2021. Okay, so what are they all trying to accomplish with all this madness? You know, you got to look at that. Do they deliberately want to end the human race? I mean, what, what is it? Well, you know, that, that's, that's one way to have depopulation, make sure that there's no repopulation, right? Well, just make uh, sure, well, look how isolated people are, okay? You know, the, the average American sex life has dwindled down to just about nothing, okay? Some kids, you know, young people would prefer playing their video games to having sex. Uh, <clears throat> so you got to look at, you know, what's happening here. I saw the isolation beginning with the Internet. You know, we're supposed to bring people together, but it hasn't. It's made people more isolated and alone than they ever were. You know, and then they, what do they do? They get on social media first thing in the morning to be told what they're going to be pissed off about today. You know, when I got on uh, Facebook this morning, or as I like to call it, hate book, what's the big story today? 
Okay, Joe Biden's dogs. One of them nipped somebody in in the in the White House or whatever, and now he's sending the dogs back to Maryland uh, for a while, I guess, because somebody got nipped by the dogs. Okay, so you know, I thought it was pretty interesting because I always say, you know, here's Pavlov's bell for the day, which was the experiment with dogs. Joe Biden's dogs get obsessed. That's what I wrote. Some people immediately started going crazy, attacking these dogs, saying they should be put down, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Some people were defending the dogs. And, you know, listen, I had a German Shepherd, okay? Dogs are a very good judge of character. So my first question, of course, is what did the dog sense about that person? That's number one. Number two, how do you take two dogs who've been living, you know, out in the woods in Maryland and put them in the mix of the crazed White House with a million people in and out and whatnot and expect them that they should just be acclimated after a month of their new surround. But you can't defend the dogs because everybody was already frothing at the mouth by 9.30 over this. So look at how crazy it's become. See, my overall question is, what does this change about your and my life, Maria? Nothing. What does this affect? I mean... Nothing. I said to my... I said to my... If I bit somebody, I'd be like, okay, right. if not relevant. Exactly. <laughs> well, and I just told you the story of the guy who tried to bite me on my breast. Okay. Well, there so, you go. so who's the real dog? But like I said to my son this morning, how come they never talked about Trump's dogs? And tr- my son said, but Trump didn't have a dog. I said, yeah, he had plenty of dogs around him. Okay, human dogs. Yeah. Uh, but nobody covered that. You know, the dogs and the pigs in his administration. My apologies to the animal kingdom. But this, was, this is today's obsession. I guarantee you this will be all that Fox News will cover for the next two days because they've already ragged on his dogs. Okay, they can't find anything else. I said, wow, big news. <laughs> this dog nipped somebody or tried to nip somebody. We don't even know if it was a real bite or not. Uh, but I'll tell you what, that is a German shepherd's job. You know, and I remember when I had my dog, uh, I lived out on the desert, and she was loose, you know. I, we, we were in the middle of nowhere. There's no way I was going to be out there without protection. And I remember some guy said that he wanted to drop something off, or I don't even remember what the situation was. But he said to me, I couldn't get close to your house because of your dog. And you know my answer to him was? That's her job. I said, there's a new invention called the telephone. Try calling me. Uh, but Diamond could be the best dog when she met somebody new, or if she furled her lip, I knew that dog knew something about that person that wasn't right, okay? Uh, dogs and babies, I have found in all these years, are really good judges of character. I'm not defending Biden's dogs, okay? All I'm saying is this is what everybody's going to get in an uproar. What was it yesterday? Dr. Seuss. What was it the day before? Mr. Potato Head. Have we gone insane? <laughs> the Dr. Seuss thing is really hilarious. See, I was going to ask what Fox has done with Dr. Seuss and now they're under Biden's dogs because the, the, the cancel culture, wasn't the cancel culture had anything to do with it. Although, <laughs> although, have you taken a look at some of the images? Oh, yeah, it was pretty <laughs> bad. Pretty bad. Um, but here's I, I the... Saw this, yeah, 
Okay, but you know, listen, first of all, those books nobody ever read, okay? Those are like antiquated books. It was the publisher that decided to pull them because they were offensive, okay? But the other part of it is, I never read any of those books. I never read them to my kids either because I found the artwork and the uh, poetry repulsive, okay? And, and maybe because I'm an artist, if I don't like the artwork, even if it was a comic book, I couldn't, I couldn't read it because the artwork was offensive to me, like this anime. I can't watch anime. I find that artwork offensive. It just bothers me. But yesterday, while everybody was, you know, trying to duck out on passing the stimulus bill, Kevin McCarthy got on TV and read the entirety of uh, Green Eggs and Ham. I mean, what in the hell is happening? <laughs> I mean, did that a few years ago, didn't he? I mean, did you see that? He sat there like it was story time at the library and read the whole boring book. First of all, I've never seen Green Eggs, so I don't even get that. Uh, and this is what Kevin McCarthy was busying himself with while the country is... Well, I'm going to keep using that line. While well, humans are circling the drain. <laughs> No, fair enough. Uh, what, what's interesting to me, though, is that, yeah, it, it was a free market decision by the controllers of the intellectual property of the man formerly known as Dr. Seuss. Uh, and, and they decided to do what? Make a good marketing ploy, really. Right, you know they're selling books today. Sold, yeah, it sold so well on Amazon, like, during the uh, week of controversy there. <laughs> I'm sure that, they, that that's the best sales they've had in many, many years. Um, the idea that people were going to cancel... Now, in fairness to Dr. Seuss, I know you don't like the artwork or the poetry, but in fairness, it made language accessible. Uh, and, and honestly, I, I remember being a kid in, in school and getting a cat in a hat book from the library, which had Braille and Spanish in it, uh, which, you know, allowed me to uh, learn my Braille a bit and learn a little bit of Spanish, right? Uh -huh. So they were useful tools, some of those books, uh, for some of us, okay? But looking at some of this artwork that got removed, it's interesting because I remember seeing this, uh, they, they showed a picture on, on one of these uh, late night hosted thing with the pictures. No, I saw it. Showed uh, the, the Chinaman. Right. Right? And I looked at that and I said, you know what's funny is that I remember a lot of books with a Chinaman in them. Right. That, well, one of my favorite books was the, was the book The Seven Chinese Brothers. I mean, that was one of my very favorite books as a kid. I even looked for it as an adult to buy it because I just loved the whole story of the book. And it was not offensive, okay? But that's when, you know, you could call Chinese people Chinese. I don't know what you're supposed to call them today. Uh, but some of the pictures in those books, you know, portraying black people like cannibals with bones in their nose and whatnot was very offensive. But then, you know, it was the time, okay? And at least, you know, like I said, they're probably going to sell those books now on Etsy and these hard-to-find places to all the racists out there for thousands of dollars. I have no doubt in my mind. Oh, yeah, no, guaranteed. And then that's the thing is immediately on eBay, there were, uh, you know, original copies of these things going for hundreds of dollars. <laughs> I mean, right away. I know, it's uh, craziness. People are just afraid. I know. Listen, Chuck, let's take a short break. When we get back, we'll continue this. Stay with us. Hi, this is Maria. I don't often get to talk directly to the listeners here on the Gary Knoll Network, but I felt like doing that today. 
I know a lot of you really enjoy my show, but you might not know that I do four shows a week over at my website, maria.net. So if you're loving the show you get to hear on Sunday, come on over to my site and subscribe because I've got hundreds of hours of great shows on pretty much every topic in the universe. Uh, and that again is maria.net, M-E-R-I-A.net. And now we can get back to this excellent show. Thanks. Okay, come, welcome back to Helen Highwater. As you can see, we're in one of those moods today. Uh, two wild and crazy guys. Um, so last night, uh, the last uh, retarded story I saw, oops, I said a word retarded, which you're not allowed to use anymore, uh, was uh, they're going to ban Speedy Gonzalez. So now any of the, uh, I think Speedy Gonzalez cartoons were, I don't know, I want to say Looney Tunes. So now they find Speedy Gonzalez is also offensive. Uh, so there's like, there's no end to this, Chuck. Okay, when did people become so offended by everything? Well, you know what, again, see here's the thing, is that this kind of thing needs to be retired at a certain point. And that should be that. You know what I mean? Where, honestly, there was a whole lot of stuff. Not Looney Tunes is replete with a bunch of messy things. Yeah, what about all the violence? You know, is they going to say, you know, there's a lot of violence in this? As long as they don't touch Family Guy, I'm okay. (laughs) (laughs) Which, imagine if shows like Family Guy were shown to us as kids. All right, they would have put everybody that writes that show in prison, just like well, South Park. The they would have been in prison. Huge. The Simpsons was a huge problem in the '90s, uh, you know, according to all these uh, religious zealots, and by today's standards, extremely tame. What they were showing on the Simpsons, you know, back in the '90s, right? Right. Um, so these things evolved, but again, if you go back in the Looney Tunes, I mean, there is Bugs Bunny in blackface singing uh, "Camp Town Lady" with a banjo. You know what I mean? Right. There, there is, I mean, I'm serious. There well, look at Bluto. Look at Bluto or constantly harassing uh, uh, olive oil. Okay? I mean, that was physical assault. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Uh, and, you know, those are still some of the most popular cartoons out there. I don't even know if kids watch cartoons anymore. You know, when the whole Mr. Potato Head thing came out, I said, do kids actually still play with Mr. Potato Head in 2021 when they're born with a phone and video in their, in their stuck to their ears? Well, see, little kids, like, you know, I can, I can only tell you from a couple of years ago, my son had them, you know, and, uh, but they're, they're, all they were doing is making Mr. not a big thing about it. Now it's just a potato head. And, and again, this is a decision being made by a corporate entity. Right. Um, you know, which is the funny part, again, about the Dr. Seuss thing, which I, I still want to go back to, only because Dr. Seuss actually did some honest-to-goodness real racist stuff that wasn't in his children's books, too. Right. And, you know, how, how far do we want to go with this? Um, There's no end. There's no, listen, even when you read some of the fairy tales, I mean, are they going to be next? Do you know what I mean? Will fairy tales be next? Uh, and, you know, will they start striking all these uh, rapes and murder stories that are in the Bible? Oh, uh, well, you know, don't, don't go there. Well, hey, why not uh, go there? 
Okay. <laughs> Why not go there? I mean, there was some pretty juicy passages in the Bible, as I recall, from my uh, Bible study days. Uh, a lot of violence, you know, uh, a lot of incest. Um, you know, it's who's head on a silver platter. I mean, all kinds of crazy stuff. Are they going to go in and cancel that? And, and you got, again got to look at <clears throat> what is their goal, okay? There's, there's got to be a, a goal behind this. And for me, for all these years, I figure it's always nefarious. It's never well, for know, our benefit. Exactly. So if everything is sanitized and everything is socially distanced, Mm-hmm. And everything becomes, you know, a, a matter of uh, etiquette that nobody can possibly navigate properly. Um, what is the safe choice for somebody who just, you know, really doesn't want to cause trouble? I mean, because there are people out there, I know it's not you and me, but there are a lot of people who really just want to live their lives and not have problems. So right. they seek the paths of, le of least resistance. Mm -hmm. So what do those paths of least resistance look like today? You know, uh, date somebody over a smartphone app. Right. <laughs> right. There's your path of least resistance, which isn't really getting to know somebody, is it? Um, you know, and therefore not making a connection. And as you said before, you know, sex being sort of tamped down, not only, not only by a, a social engagement, but... By biochemical attack, honestly. Mm -hmm. You know, if you take a look at that, I, I stand by this whole thing. They call it conspiracy theory nowadays. But frankly, more science has come out to show that things like BPA are damaging to uh, to men. Of course. For sure. There are tons of estrogen mimickers all throughout the food and water that is being distributed. And, uh, and, and you're being exposed to them constantly. And what this does is, uh, is, is hyper- feminize women and feminize men honestly i know that might be a i don't know how much of that well but then you also have the other side of it where you know i know this for a fact because i met a woman who actually works it there's actually centers now uh in scottsdale and phoenix and i'm sure around the country uh for men to just go and get testosterone boosters and testosterone shots and one of the women that worked there that I had a conversation with, she said to me that men in their 30s already have ED and need the testosterone. Uh -huh. uh, so you got to look at that too. And of course, people don't ever want to compare, you know, their diet uh, to what's going on in their bodies, God forbid. Uh, but when you look at the American diet, whenever it's exported to another country, they have the same physical problems that we have. Uh, but nobody ever wants to talk about, you know, a diet or, you know, the environment, uh, the pollutions, the poisons that they're using even as household cleanses, and the chemicals that are in it that are killing us. It's not just killing the planet, but it's killing us. No, I hear you, and that's but that's the thing is that look, all you got you don't even got to know that uh, person at the center there, because quite honestly, if you look at what's being commercialized, there are all sorts of over-the-counter ED remedies now. Mm -hmm. uh, Walmart has a whole thing. Come to Walmart and come get these things. You know, right. you got all kinds of wonderful names for them now. You know, things that sound uh, you know masculine. 
but the fact that they're, they're being marketed freely like that now. Right, right. And you listen, you know, listen, in, in my day, <laughs> I don't want to sound like an old fogey, but in my day, it was unheard of. Okay, you know, once in a while, maybe your husband, you know, had a night where he couldn't perform, which is normal. Uh, there were things that were normal that are no longer normal. And, you know, my father, <laughs> strong Italian, uh, my father obviously had no problem because he had his last baby when he was 69 years old. Yikes. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> ask that for a hot-blooded Italian. I was like, yay, just what I always wanted, another sister. I already had four. Uh, but, you know, there were problems problems that exist today that people take as normal didn't exist just 50 years ago, okay? We're not talking about a long time ago, okay? Let's just go 50 years. They didn't exist. You know, I had a report on uh, COVID, which, of course, that's the other story in between the Cuomo and COVID that's all day long on TV. Uh, uh, the death and dying report. Right. But, I mean, they said that, you know, it affects obese people more than non-obese people and that over 50% of Americans are obese. So there you go again. And my thought is problem, reaction, solution. Okay, but nobody's talking about why are these people obese. Okay, there's plenty of videos on YouTube you could watch to find out why and what kind of crap is in your food, but I'm sure most people skip those videos. Uh, so, you know, we're living in, uh, I'm sure you heard the last show I did with Michael Rakia. We're living in such a negative energy, and the energy out there is fear, and it's fear all the time. Fear this disease, fear your neighbor, fear men, fear women, fear insulting somebody, fear hurting somebody's feelings, okay? Uh, I have to tell you, I had a long conversation with, with somebody yesterday going through a lot of shit in a relationship and uh, told me how bad his wife makes him feel by the way she constantly berates him. And I reminded him that nobody can make you feel anything unless you allow them to make you feel that way. And that your feelings are neither right or wrong. Your feelings are your own. But now we're getting to the point where nobody's allowed to have their feelings even inside their own relationship. So we're eventually going to be told what to think, what to do, what to approve of, who to talk to, who to avoid. And this is part of the whole prison planet syndrome that this planet is headed for, circling the drain. Right, and overall, this is this is the problem where, when there is projected negativity out there, I mean, it is overwhelming because what do they want to do? They want to ram the pointless things down our throat. They want to remind us of the impending doom of the virus as a constant. Uh, you know, and, and control you by telling you that, you know, those who are vaccinated, well, they're in a better position to be able to travel, and they can do this, and they can do that. But uh, if you didn't get it, boy, are you uh, some kind of problem. I mean, all together, it's all about a, a, a paradigm of submission. And the submission is not necessarily to a political faction. It's not necessarily to a, a school of thought. It, it's, it's about surrendering your ability to steer your own ship, so to speak, to make your own decisions, mm -hmm. to form your own future, and to formulate your own positions in life 
according to what is natural to you. It is all designed to take us away from the natural design. And I, I don't know how anybody can argue with it that, that it's a coordinated effort because it seems almost impossible that every single aspect of what people are exposed to constantly is designed specifically mm -hmm. to in, eliminate individuality. Individuality, uh, and also to tamper down, if anybody still has the skill, of critical thinking. Uh, and, and people just don't want to think, they just react. They don't get educated before they react, they react. And it truly is Pavlov's bell. And that's, you know, I have to say, out of all the different social media sites that I'm on, Facebook is the one that whips you up every day with a new, here's what you're going to be fighting about today. I don't see that on Instagram. I don't see it on Liker, but I always see it on Facebook. Uh, and I call it hate book. Um, but people have to take their power back. Okay, they don't realize how much of their power they've given away, even by spending the time, wasting time on having these arguments over things that mean nothing while the world burns. Okay, this is all distraction. This is all constant distraction to keep us from seeing the truth of what these criminals that run this planet are doing. Well, and that's the thing is, uh, look, it, it seems as though the majority of people that are participating in uh, the majority of things uh, are apparently in search of peak rage. Hmm. And if they don't, if, if, if they don't uh, get the peak rage, they try again another day. But that's what it's all about. You know, again, I think of 1984. I hate to do this. Mm -hmm. But remember the, what was it, the minute of hate? Right. Right? All right. And it doesn't have to make sense as long as everybody engages in it and it seems to be a unifying force <clears> that <throat> keeps everybody distracted on the same sort of thing. doesn't matter if it's, you know, look, Cuomo probably an elitist scumbag who abused people. Point is, what? Hmm. Everybody got to get outraged about it? No, investigate it, deal with it, done. This is what should be done on all these people. Right. No, Dr. Seuss wasn't canceled. They're not, t they're not stealing your childhood. Your childhood's gone. Okay, let's get down to the reality here, all right? And not everything is a point of outrage. Exactly. What am I going to be outraged about today? Right. Well, you have you have a choice. You have a choice. You always and have a choice. There is to it. Right. Wake up in the morning and just say, I choose to be happy. You know, people want to hear the news, what's really going on. All they have to do is listen to our shows. They get it, okay? They don't have to do the 24-hour uh, day research. <laughs> That, that even when my accountant called me this morning because she said that uh, she got a couple of, well, she's working on my quarterlies, but she, uh, we got into conversation and she says that now it looks like they may not be, and I wanted to let the audience know, they may not be taxing your unemployment after all if you're filing your tax returns. Uh, and we got into quite a conversation about what's going on economically, the homeless in our own little town here, uh, what's going on in the valley, overpriced housing, overpriced rentals. Uh, and I said, uh, we're going to have a crash. We're going to have a worse crash than 2008. And, you know, we had a very interesting uh, conversation. But, you know, to her, she said, well, you know, there's a lot of people. They should make sure people collecting unemployment really need the unemployment. 
uh, instead of them not going to work because they can get unemployment. And I said to her, but if work is paying you less than unemployment, why would you go to work? I said, and they're still arguing over raising the minimum wage. I said, this is a deep problem. I, first of all, I never expected to get into that kind of a conversation with my accountant, okay? Uh, but she was very grateful for some of the information I gave her and pissed at some of her staff because I was giving her facts that they are supposed to give her that she did not know. Uh, so while everybody's circling the drain and where everybody's town is getting more and more homeless people, while movies are now encouraging people to live in their cars or vans and show that as a wonderful way of free living or living in these little uh, mini houses that are the size of a prison cell, uh, everybody's arguing over Dr. Seuss, Joe Biden's dogs, okay? Mr. Right, I mean... <laughs> This is all distraction to me. It's all, it's soul crushing. You know, to most people, it's just crushing their souls. Uh, you know, you've got so many more people, you know, suicidal, on antidepressants, have no way out. Uh, and like I said to my accountant, who immediately, at the first, it sounded like she was defending uh, the powers to be. I said, she said, well, you know, there's another stimulus check coming. And I said to her, yeah, and how long can people live on $1,400? I mean, it's a joke, okay? At this point, Andrew Yang has the only solution as far as I'm concerned because there's 10 million jobs that are gone and never coming back. Then you're going to have the robots take over a whole lot of other jobs, okay? Uh, what are people supposed to do for money? Well, the powers that be don't care. They've made that very clear. Not a single Republican voted for this stimulus bill. They voted for Trump's giveaway to the rich, but not one of them voted for this. They don't, people don't get that they truly don't care about us. Not to copy Michael Jackson's words, uh, but it's the truth of it. Uh, and as long as they can keep people fighting amongst themselves, getting all butthurt over things that shouldn't even matter, okay, I mean, I'm constantly watching how many volcanoes are simultaneously going off. It's raining rocks in Italy, rocks from there. Uh, it started as what they call lipelli, uh, just a black ash and, and sand. Now it's coming out in rocks. It's not just happening in Italy. I've watched some other uh, earthquakes that are blowing, uh, blowing ash all over different countries. Uh, you look at that, you look at the 8.1 that happened in New Zealand that they expected a tsunami in Hawaii from. But as long as they can keep you distracted on things that don't matter, that's the goal. Don't pay attention to this. Don't pay attention to the fact Fumishima, Fukushima was hit again a few weeks ago. Uh, that's still leaking into the ocean. You know, don't worry about one third of the fish are gone from the ocean. The butterflies are dying. Uh, let's just argue about Mr. Potato Head or he said, she said, and let's just drive ourselves nuts with that. Well, either that or there's the other choice, which I find uh, completely ridiculous. Let's talk about the royal family. Oh, God, no, anything but that. <laughs> I've had zero interest in them my entire life. I still have zero interest in them. And if it's a shock to people that they are racist, then where have those people been living? 
And if they think they have superior genes, people should take a look at the pictures of some of these members of the royal family uh, who have royally screwed up the planet since the East India Tea Company. Uh, but people don't want to do the homework, you know, and if they did the homework, if they read a book like The World is a Ghetto and really learned about uh, the royals and the uh, English people and what they did to the whole world, uh, it might open, open, educate uh, them. Open phrase for your search engines, people. How about this? Opium wars. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just saying. Right, Stuff exactly. Stuff elsewhere. Exactly, but hey, you know, everybody is, you know, did you see the latest on Oprah? And don't you feel sorry for these people? And I'll tell you one thing about that Meghan Markle. She better make sure she stays out of tunnels. Anyway, that's pretty much our show for today, Chuck. So I hope people got something out of this for from us. And if well, it's just, always going in an unexpected direction on hell and high water, right? That's for sure. I had no idea this is where today would go. Uh, but it goes where it's supposed to. So again, I want to thank the listeners for supporting the show. I am only listener supported. It's why you don't get commercials. There's no corporate whores here. There's no censorship. It's just me and Chuck. And uh, we, we appreciate each and every one of you. So we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening and supporting The Maria Show. Tell others what you learned today. Knowledge becomes wisdom only when it's shared. Encourage others to subscribe today. www.maria.net Often imitated, never duplicated. A world of information all in one place. www.maria.net Always ahead of the curve. Always on your side. Get active or get radioactive. Subscribe today.